Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! of Pull the Goalie. I am your host for this episode, and hopefully many more, in Peter Bradbury. This is going to be a slightly shorter show, uh, mostly because I've not done much prep. But as it is, this episode, we will be having a little nostalgic look at a... um, a couple of ice hockey magazines that you used to be able to buy in a bygone era or just after the year 2000 um, but as it is we'll probably talk about something else if I can think up of anything more to say uh, however this is more just to get an episode out um, and then next week or the next episode at least we will then really kind of kick on from there. So, episode one. We are going, because I've had literally sod all to do, pardon my Serbian, but I've had plenty of time to be watching old games on YouTube and sending a few games to certain people to watch from the old well, either the old Super League days or the old English Premier League ice hockey days uh, or EPL to give it its official, unofficial title by um, fans however, in the last couple of days not only have I come across a couple of old Manchester Storm programmes again, from back in the day Mostly kind of like 95, 96, the first season the, the team really got going. Um, so as I was looking through them, I, I stumbled, not literally, but I came across a couple of old ice hockey magazines that I used to, I used to buy, in brackets, parents used to get, because I don't think I would have had £2.40 in spending money back in 1996 or 97 Uh, but as it is and I'm sure anyone that's kind of my age that being a 30-ish or older um, I'm sure at one time or another you would have brought either Ice Hockey News Review um, or if you're older you would have had the either Ice Hockey News Review and Speedway, or you would have had Speedway and Ice Hockey News. Now, I haven't got Speedway and Hockey News, sadly. 
Um, one, because I'm not as old as you think I am. Secondly, um, I just haven't... Well, I've just not got one of the magazines from that era. However, what I do have is, as I said, the Ice Hockey News Review and a Power Play. Um, so, I did stumble across a couple of more, but these are the only two I have in my hand. Um, so we will have a brief look back at what was going on at that time. So we will start off with Powerplay, and was issue 197, coming back on the 24th of May, 1997. So, what gems do we have some stories will be slightly uh, uninteresting. However, some of the stories I've I've come across today is kind of made made me think to myself. I remember that time, and some have been quite interesting to to read up on. Um, so, as I said, from May ninety seven, we have the fact that. Uh, next year, that would have been 98, obviously, the B&H Cup, which was the Benson and Hedges Cup brand of cigarettes. Other cigarettes are available, but I advise you not to smoke. However, um, the... I'm trying to think... The Autumn Cup, that was the one I was thinking of. So the Autumn Cup, uh, for the top league which always used to be played in December time, uh, to which I think, I've said this before, I think the, the old B&H Cup is far better than the Challenge Cup. Because um, the Challenge Cup, I always used to think the Challenge Cup was the B&H Cup. However, on further look back in, in evidence, it's literally the... What used to be the old Daily Express Challenge Cup, um, to which the name Challenge Cup should have told me that in the first place. But um, there are some reasons why I say I'm a clueless hockey fan. Sometimes I'm just slightly missing a brain cell or two. However, the government at the time, or in, as it says here, the New Labour, as if it's some kind of wrestling faction... Um, it's well. The, the title says "Hockey to Lose Its Only Sponsor," which I would have thought the Super League was sponsored by Seconda, but that might have been possibly uh, the, the year after. Of course, other watches and jewelry, <clears throat> you know the rest. Anyway, it says. The new Labour government seems poised to deprive British ice hockey of its only major sponsor. It is possible that this season that the Benson and Hedges Cup will be the sixth and last to be sponsored by the company. Um, that it kind of goes on to say that the the government have banned all tobacco, well, all tobacco companies sponsoring sports events which is kind of like the 
the snooker used to be sponsored by another brand of cigarettes. However, it says the tobacco giants pump around eight million pounds into British sport every year, a quarter of a million of which is funneled into ice hockey. To which I think other one other sport I seem to recall sponsored by this particular brand uh, was the cricket. The only reason I kind of recall that, other than being a cricket fan myself, is the fact that Lancashire used to go on a, a bit of a winning streak in kind of the one-day competitions in the in the 90s. So back when we were good in cup competitions, but that's another subject to be going on with. So um, what else have we got? Oh, also around that time, you had... It does make me laugh reading kind of these magazines, how certain things are uh, highlighted or they'd kind of made made out to be sort of like really kind of like headline grabbing when really they're, they're just kind of like <laughs> making it bold, the first couple of words. Um, but it says here, a league format announced... So, this one would have been, trying to quickly browse through it, uh, would have been the British National League. Um, pardon. So, it says, the clubs outside the Super League have settled in a format for the forthcoming season. Uh, in the last issue, it says, clubs had cut together a meeting in Nottingham. And the clubs accepted a proposal put forward by the BIHA, which is the British Ice Hockey Association. Uh, there will be, there will still be two separate leagues split geographically, with the, which kind of seems very much like it was last year, with the uh, the National Ice Hockey League, with North and South. Uh, the only difference with the geographical split is that with Kingston moving into the north and Cardiff's new second team taking their place in the south. Um, there will no, the new. Uh, in addition, a new competition will be introduced for the Christmas slash New Year period called the Christmas Cup. The teams will be split into four groups of four with the winner of each section going forward to semi-finals and ultimately a final. Um, so going through, although of the 15 teams who competed in the Premier League and Northern Premier League last year have confirmed their entries, some have done so just to be on the safe side. So... Seems it's not just kind of 2020 where the, the sport wasn't exactly the the best. <clears throat> uh, it is believed that the Medway Bears and the Swindon Ice Lords, as they were then, are still seriously considering a drop into the English Division 1, while the future of Castlereagh, Dumfries and Solihull is still uncertain. Uh, hardly any clubs are making yeah, yeah, not really much different um, so just saying that due to like, the uncertainty no exact 
teams are making signs or signings even. Um, one thing that did interest me, I mean, we're only on like page three, so, um, and there's no one half naked on it. Uh, however, it says devils out of Europe in big, massive, bold letters, uh, just for the headline grabbing. However, it, it goes on to say that the Cardiff devils will not be allowed to play in Europe next season. Uh, this is despite being the inaugural champions of the now new Super League. Um, but it went on to say that the... I'm just... Uh, however... Yeah. So I was just reading out loud to myself. Um, but it was literally saying that due to Cardiff not having... Or having kind of the... Uh, capacity to hold a European games um, that the next one along was Manchester and the, the IIHF did a U-turn uh, and the Devils were reinstated after they'd been told that they couldn't play the, the European Hockey League as it was then um, which is now technically the Champions Hockey League but kind of rebranded um, effectively, Cardiff were told they couldn't play in it due to the fact that there was no um, no chance of them playing due to like a, a low capacity. Uh, to which she says, in an unprecedented show of solidarity, the Sheffield Steelers, who'd have thought it, uh, withdrew from the competition in protest, along with Cardiff's expulsion or exclusion. Sorry. Um, however, Manchester then kind of got put forward. Um, so I'm just reading a bit further on. It says, after the IIHF did a U-turn and let Cardiff back in, with the condition that Cardiff would have to play their home games in the competition at Manchester's 9X Arena. I mean, there's a blast from the past, 9X. Um... To which it is believed would have cost them somewhere in the region of £45,000 to rent for the games. Um, yeah, and, and, and of course, Cardiff being extremely close to Manchester as well. Uh, reading on. So, just looking. Uh, la, 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 la. Uh, there's not really much more to to add to it apart from the fact that it says Storm have kept quiet about the whole affair and will take their place as the sole British representative Um, but yeah I mean for years it's always I've always wondered why Manchester played in the tournament considering I think we finished second from bottom behind Basingstoke that, that first season um, so, yeah, has always kind of been in my head over why. Uh, however, what I have enjoyed as well is reading the, the junior, well, you know what, I'll come back to that. It's literally the, the junior ice hockey section, um, because it's very entertaining 
some of the stories and some of the players uh, that kind of leapt out at me that was playing in the kind of like the under 10s and the under 12s and under 19s um some uh, there is one story about um Jonathan Boxall which will probably make a couple people laugh and if it doesn't make you laugh it will even make you it, it I could it's almost like a bittersweet story but I'll come back to that later um the another thing that I enjoyed is the the traditional hockey shorts so it was literally kind of like the paper cuttings that you'd get in like pretty much like your your local news and local papers and or even things that were kind of like tucked away because uh, some of them were interesting uh, the, the first one that, I, that kind of caught my eye was the fact that Leeds City Council have chosen the Caspian Group who are the owners of uh, Leeds United as the preferred developer for an arena in the city and which can now be built alongside their soccer stadium. Which doesn't make me laugh the fact it says soccer when it is obviously a British, you know, a British magazine, but as it is. The funniest, well, one of the funniest things that makes uh, me chuckle is when the, the group... Bearing in mind this is 1997, so it's almost, well, it's over 24 years. Um, well, it's not 24 years, is it? It's, it's it's less than that, but, you know, 23 years, give or take. Uh, but the Caspian group say they intend to have the complex completed in time for the millennium. Don't think you will. Um... They had originally hoped to have the Leeds Lasers hockey team up and running for the 98-99 to season. So, you know, just about 20-odd years out of, uh, out of sync, but hey-ho. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, the good news for visiting teams at the Bracknell Ice Arena, or the John Nike Leisure Ice Rink. Um, the new season will be... Re- oh, sorry. Teams visiting the Bratnell Bees in the new season will be relieved to hear that work has started on increasing the size of their woefully smaller away dressing room. Um, when the work is completed in time for the new season, it is planned that the present home dressing room will be used for visiting teams and that the extension added to the back of the present away room will be exclusive use for the bees. Fair enough. Um, I mean, some of uh, some of the stories and kind of the old adverts that you get in here, kind of like the Oxford City Stars hotline. Official club hotlines. I mean, it, it sounds like some of the adult chat lines you get calls charge at 50p listen to how Basingstoke Bison Guildford Flames Peter Peterborough Pirates Jesus um Peterborough Pirates Solihull Blaze I it's, it's still weird seeing Swindon Ice Lords 
Dumfries Vikings, no longer with us, sadly. Or the Border Vikings, as they were. Um, someone else have we got? Uh, Sheffield Steelers season tickets are booming in 97, as they have already hit the... 2,800 mark for the new season. Staying in Berkshire with Bracknell, uh, the Bracknell Pest Control have become the board sponsors of the Bracknell Bees Away box, to which the large board reads, Trouble with Pests, then call Bracknell Pest Control. Um, what else have we got? Ooh! I will come back to that. Um, however, once short, you can probably take this depending how you how you want. Um, but it says the Sheffield Steelers boss Alex Dampier had a phone call from a 32-year-old veteran of 500 plus NHL games and was looking for a place on a British team. However, it is said that he wanted three thousand pound a week, and so the Steelers said thank you. But no thanks. Um, I'm trying to find... Ah. Right. So, I'd found two articles of interest. One was the fact that Dundee were hoping to have a new ice rink by the turn of the century. Uh, the other one... And it'll probably... It might come up in the other uh, magazine... Well, there's a couple, actually. Um, but it's a story going on about the Cardiff Devils have taken a step nearer to a new arena. Of course, this is 1997, so we know now if any of this actually happened. Um, but it says the Cardiff Devils have taken a step towards a new arena with the announcement that a plan of for a new sports village in the Welsh capital. The proposal is for a waterfront sports village, including a major new arena for the Cardiff Devils and a stadium for Cardiff City to be built in the Grangetown area of Cardiff Bay. Now, I know Cardiff City got a new stadium, but I wouldn't exactly class... Cardiff City's ground as being by the bay um, of course if there's any Cardiff fans listening to this they're probably shouting at me saying you're from Manchester what would you know uh, not a lot really to, to kind of uh, admit that however it says the Cardiff owners depending, I could be wrong depending how to say this, it's either Celtic or Celtic, Leisure, uh, they've expressed their support for the scheme, which would allow them to move from their 2,600 capacity at the old Wales National Ice Rink, uh, and would hope that it will help them in further in the future, as it is thought that they were kicked out of the European League because they did not have a big enough capacity. To which I think we've kind of gathered that was solely the main reason. Uh, what else have we got? The, oh, 
going back in time, the Air Scottish Eagles. So for any former Air fans, hello. Um, I did tell this to an Air friend of mine earlier, and he kind of said, "Well, I'll tell you the story first, and then I'll all I'll kind of say is um, you'll listen to this story." But he said, "Just think how it panned out." And he, and in truth, he's he's well, he's correct. Um, but it says the deafening silence continues to emanate from the bar leisure regarding any news on the Air Scottish Eagles signings for the upcoming season. Uh, as team owner Bill Barr has preferred to bask in the glory of his soccer team, and so it's really annoying me. It's saying soccer, but. Uh, in the fact that the Air, Air United gained promotion to the Scottish First Division, and it is, pardon, and it is understood that a few players have been told that they are not coming back in Air colours. Um, that being Colin McAfee, Mark Capolo, and one I definitely seen. Oh, I remember Capolo, but the other one was Marcus Berwanger, and uh, to which he was a. He seemed to be a very solid player from from very tenuous memories. Um, but it said Coach Lynch was expecting to make half a dozen changes to the squad from last year um, with no identity to who they were going to be. Now, if you as an Air fan reading that, you'd think to yourself, we're going to be in trouble for the upcoming season. As it turned out, it was the year that the Eagles swept the board um, and won the league title with Manchester that was chasing them hard. They won the B&H Cup against Nottingham Panthers. They won the Challenge Cup against, I want to say, the Bracknell Bees. I'm sure someone will correct me on this. Because I'm sure he's played at Newcastle. Um, again, this is very kind of grey cells working. Uh, and the final one was against the Cardiff Devils at the old 9X Arena in Manchester. Well, it's not an old... It's technically an old arena, but it's... That's where the uh, they completed the Grand Slam in uh, overtime. Because I was there. Leaving the Power Player magazine, I did have to chuckle with a couple of names that I saw. Now, this may not be in correct order. I am convinced that this is either the under-10s, or I think it is the under-10s, to be honest. So, this is... The under 10s, because back in the day, you used to get the junior section and you'd have like the women's, the under 19s, the under 12s, the under 10s. Now, I'm going through this and a couple of names jumped out at me. One or two may not be the ones I am actually thinking of. Um, Sean Thompson, who played for the, the Manchester Phoenix, 
the Bracknell Bees, uh, the Basingstoke Bison. Reading this, no, I've not gone through it, but I think Sean Thompson at the time was playing for Slough, I think it's the Slough Mustangs. Because um, I've seen the Mustangs and I've seen Slough mentioned. So I'm taking, it's going to be that or it could be Bratnell, but um, so looking, at, I'll, I'll mention some of the, the players' names that I've come across and thought, hang on, I've heard that name. So we have obviously Sean Thompson, we have Andy Hemmings, who from memory played for Guildford. Unless it's a different one. Um, Kurt Reynolds, who's a, f- a bison, or was. Uh, uh, Ryan Watt. I'll refrain from the song that some used to sing towards him. Um, we also have two players who are. Well, seeing as this kind of season's been the, the year for Ferrara. Um, and while Luke's had a, a great season for the, the Coventry Blaze this season, I was kind of... Uh, two... Well, it was his brothers, basically. Uh, with For the Peterborough... Doesn't help when they don't tell you the name. Uh, Peterborough Bulldogs. So, they recovered. Peterborough recruit recovered to cruise to a comfortable 16-0 victory when they travelled to face the Streatham Mini Braves uh, with Streatham mustering one shot on goal. Wow. Um, Netminder, Ewan King. Who'd have thought it? Um, But yes. So a couple of players. So you had James Ferrara, who scored three goals, or a hat-trick. You also had Robert Ferreira, his brother. Uh, they got on the act. And also, someone that scored five goals in the game was Glasgow Clans' Craig Peacock, um, who had a, a good weekend by all accounts, as he seemed to score against Oxford. Um, however, the... The story that I loved the most, and I was kind of laughing at first, but then, uh, oh, and I've just found another one. Ben Davis, playing for the Cardiff Little Devils. Them little devils. Some of the names do make me laugh, I have to admit. Uh, The Romford Rascals. Sounds more like, kind of like a a rap group than than anything, but uh, the Bracknell Buzzers. Obviously, B connection. Uh, Basingstoke Bison, just don't really care, so they just call themselves that. Uh, the Stevenage Sidewinders. I really want, I really want them to include more of the names. Um, so what was I talking? Oh yes, the the little section at the bottom. So it talked about Romford beating Bratnell four three after taking a 3-2 lead in the break. So this is the, the bit that got me that's kind of 
almost bittersweet, so to speak. Um, so it says, for, for Bratnell, man of the match, Sean Lee. However, this is the bit that I enjoy the most. And it says, Spirit of the Game Award. So it's it's kind of like, it's almost kind of everyone wins a prize, it seems. But the spirit of the game goes to Jonathan Boxall. And it says, with his first ever goal. Now, this is where it's slightly sad. Um, it says, Jonathan Boxall scored his first ever goal. Brackets. Shame his mum was in the cafe to have missed it. Now, if that's not the saddest story of possibly the week or the weekend, I don't know what is. Why'd we lose? Uh, well, I thought we shut the lights out in the first two periods. Uh, we, we, in the third period, we just couldn't uh, put the biscuit in the basket. You know, uh, we just couldn't put the stuffing in the turkey, or we couldn't even put the turkey in the oven. Uh, we couldn't put the car in the garage. We couldn't put the train in the station. Uh, we couldn't put the rod in the water, lightning in a bottle, uh, the cat in the hat. I mean, that's really why we lost tonight. We couldn't put the cat in the hat. That was the, the Power Play magazine. And now we venture. So. Because it's half an hour gone, so we'll we'll try and motor through this. Um, so we are now on to August 30th, 1997, for the Ice Hockey News Review, priced at a arguably pricey £2.40. But it did have colour photos, so, you know, pay for the, pay for the colour. And it has the Manchester Storm... To second, I mean, you know where they're going with this, but at the same time, it could have been done better. So it says Manchester Storm to second tournament victory. Grammar's not that important, it's obviously. Um, but yes, Manchester back in the day used to have a mini tournament that ran, I think, for two seasons called the Manchester Storm Invitational Tournament, to which the first year. Featured uh, Esberg, probably saying that wrong, Esberg from Denmark. Um, Hockey Club Rouen, who I could be wrong in saying that they're the Dragons now, but um, you had the Schwenninger Wild Wings from the DEL, and then obviously you had the home side in the Manchester Storm. Um, But in this time, you had. Again, the Danish side in Esberg. Um, you also had French team in Amens or Emens, depending. I've never been great with foreign names, so don't come at me. Uh, the other one was the Tilburg Trappers, I imagine, and it was. Uh, so, semi-final one, played on the 23rd of August, 97. Saw so the French side beating the Danes 6-2. Uh, Manchester played the Tilburg Trappers and <laughs> shut them out 9-0. Um, with the Storm out shooting the Trappers 65-20. to 
that was thanks to goals by God, here's some uh, Captain Dave Morrison, Rick Jet Judson. Two for well, actually, both Morrison and Judson got two, along with Stefan Catola or the wild child Stefan Catola, if we keep into the nicknames. Craig Woodcroft, Brad Rubichuk, who had just signed for the Storm, and Jeff Jablonski all chipped in in their 9-0 win. <clears throat> the next game, also the day after, which would have been the 24th, if you're keeping track, that's all the Danes taking on Tilburg. So Denmark versus Holland. And saw the Danes winning 5-3, uh, thanks to goals from Berium, Peters, and a hat-trick from Starkov. Um, I know it seemed a close, well, obviously it was a close game, but uh, four goals from Esberg gave them victory. So, they finished third. However, the final game was Amens versus Manchester, England versus France. Um, <laughs> I'm just looking at the penalty minutes. Uh, Amens got 69 penalty minutes compared to Manchester's 34. Um, 103 penalty minutes called. Um, Kirk Kleinendorf admitted. We've got some things to work on this week. Our discipline, which I don't think was particularly good this weekend. And our penalty killing, which we haven't really worked on yet in practice. And our two areas we need to work on to prepare for the Sheffield game next weekend. However, as it is, Manchester won 10-3 to retain their invitational tournament trophy, I suppose. Uh, as two goals from Troy Neumeyer, two by Dominic Maltese, two from Brad Rubichuk, or The Rock, as he was nicknamed, uh, and then goals from Shotgun Del Jago, Mike Morin, Hilton the Poacher Ruggles, and David Smoking Smith. So, it's sad how I can remember the nicknames, isn't it? But... 20 years later, but you know, that's how I am. Sad. Um, so looking through, I think this is the one I could be wrong on some of these. So, um, playoff changes. So, uh, earlier the Super League had announced changes in the way of. The end of season playoffs will be scheduled. Although eight teams will again participate, they will initially be split into two groups of four, which is what they were before. Uh, based upon their end of season, uh, teams will play each other twice home and away. Pardon. Um, there will be a major innovation for British ice hockey, with each semi will be a best of three. So that was the change. Um a best of three series, which really I'd I'd like to see come back into the the top flight now, um, but again, probably logistic reasons and the the fact that 
some teams can't get the ice. Um, with literally the semi-finals to be staged at the Ninex Arena on March the 28th, 1998. Um, to which I think is... I could be wrong as well, but I'm pretty sure... Um, let it seem to include overtime kind of running and running. Because uh, if... Um, yeah, it was. 96-97 playoffs was the... The, the infamous Air Scottish Eagles with the Nottingham Panthers game that I think went to something like six, five or six overtime periods. Um, however, I, it's one of them things of you can remember certain things, but not fully. Um, so it was the case of you hear the NHL having like four overtimes and it being massively like 2 a.m. Uh, the one in Manchester involving Air in Nottingham was like five overtime periods. However, they were only played over 10 minutes. So it wasn't exactly 20-minute periods. Um, to which Mike Bishop scored the, the winning goal for the Nottingham Panthers. Um, there's a part of me that thinks he went to Air the following season. Um, so he, he kind of had a a good playoffs, really, if you think about it in Manchester. Um, so, yeah, it, as I say, um, that game really that, that game dragged on for a long time, and it seemed a lot <coughs> a lot longer um, than I thought it was, because I thought it actually was like twenty minute periods, and it wasn't; it was ten. So, yeah. Hmm. So uh, I've completely lost train of thought. Yeah. So we've we've gone to that. Um, the other story that I found, again, this is from '97, and it says that despite Super League approving the transfer of the Nottingham franchise from the Nottingham Ice Hockey Club Limited to a London-based Aladdin Sports Management Group. I'll let you take a guess who that is. Uh, local press reports in Nottingham on Thursday and Friday still indicated that a deal would not be finalised until this week, although claiming everything had now been agreed, agreed even, and the small print scrutinised by both parties. The Aladdin Sports Management Director, Neil Black, said there are one or two minor details to iron out, once that has been done, we can settle down to making the club one of the best in the country. My ambitions match those of coach Mike Blaisdale, and I know he has big plans for the team this season. Uh, then it kind of goes on to say that Nottingham have also agreed contracts with Paul Aidy, Graham Waghorn, Mark Twait, Randall Weber, and Ashley Tate. So... I'm going to take a guess that I don't think Nottingham's going to have as much of a, a good season as as they think. Um, so, going along, one thing I, I did laugh at as well was reading the 
this is before you kind of had like Twitter to kind of like voice your, your anger. And it was from the post bag. And I have one friend from Bracknell who literally vented about um, the the GB coach at the time, Peter Woods, who was a, a Basingstoke fan. Oh, sorry, a Basingstoke coach. Uh, and my friend Buzz, who's a Bracknell fan. So, of course, he's not going to exactly like it. Um, so he'd, he'd put something on, and then the week later, someone came back at him. Um, so I'll have to read more into that, but I think it was talking about the... There was no not enough Brits to go around, literally. Um, so you've got the, the Super League scene with kind of like your, your Bison, your Storm, your Devils, Eagles... Bratnall, Nottingham. One thing you you realise, and I've said this numerous times, I do love the jerseys back in the day. They they do get some flack now in the fact that they were either too artistically designed, um, or it was a, a proper nineties kind of feel about it. Uh, however, I loved the jerseys back in the day. Um, as opposed to now where they're kind of just solid colours and there's not much about them. I suppose they're the more in keeping with like how traditional hockey shirts are. Um, but for me, I mean the 90s, for me, and I don't care who disagrees with me, the Newcastle Cobras jersey with the angry Cobra on the front is hands down one of the best jerseys I have ever saw. Um, just due to the fact that it was, well, one, it was colourful. One, I actually thought it was tastefully done. Um, I mean, some will obviously disagree with me. Um, and they have all rights to, but, you know, it's my opinion. It's my podcast. Hell to them. Um, so, just looking at the, because you have the statistics for the past season so you had the Benton and Hedges Cup obviously and it saw air beating oh sorry I re- I retract it had air losing to Nottingham to which the two sides would meet the following season I think um, with air winning I think it was like 3 what was it 4-2 that game but um, you know I, this is all from memory i mean not everything's going to be correct uh, but nottingham beat the eagles 5-3 at sheffield arena with a, a capacity that's quite low really considering it was super league uh 8560 um so looking at the qualifying groups obviously the the top teams all won um Oh, finished in the top two. The leading point scorers. So, from the minimum 12 games you had to play, it saw Ayers Yiri Lala, which I really recall. Uh, he was tied in first place with Tony Hand, who will not be a shock to many people in the fact that he had the most assists in the in the BNH Cup. With 16. Um, 
Basingstoke then came in third and fourth with Richard Little and Merv Priest. Um, then it was Nottingham's Daryl Olsen, Ken Priestley, Jamie Leach, uh, Blake Knox, Scott Morrison, and Rick Brabant, who was at Newcastle, but then he seemed to bounce around every team at some point. Um, the leading netminders was Frank Caprice with Cardiff. I mean, some of these are names from, names from the past that you, you don't really hear much of. Uh, Trevor Robbins, who in some ways was one of my favourite goalies to watch, in the fact that he's obviously he's a netminder, so he's going to be mad. But um, yeah, so he was second. By the way, uh, Cap- Frank, Frank Caprice is... Uh, save percentage was 92.2 Robbins with 94.8 and then you had Piero Greco with Sheffield with 90 Um, who then played a few Air then seemed to switch between Colm Cavilla who had 87.2 and Sven Ramp with 90.7 uh, Richard Gallas from Basingstoke he had 90.4 uh, Matt Bernard who was playing for Bratnell and was the Chicago, I think he was the Chicago Wolves coach at one point now he's with the the Rockford Ice Hogs in the A American Hockey League uh, he was in 10th and then looking at, further down um, John Finney from Manchester's entry finished on 88.8 uh, with uh, who played the most minutes Piero Greco 480 minutes he played um, so and the other two was John Wolfe from Guildford and James Organ from Slough both of them had pretty decent numbers, actually, <laughs> considering. Uh, so, in the English... I'll, I'll finish with the English Championship playoffs. Um, so, the semi-finalists was the Chelmsford Chieftains and the Billingham Eagles. Uh, Chelmsford won 10-9. The second semi was the Altrincham Aces against the White Link Raiders. Uh and the White Link Raiders won 25-9. While the championship game featured the Chelsea Chieftains and the White Link Raiders. And was 10-6 to the Raiders. I do like the fact as well, looking at some of the team names. Going back to what we were saying. Uh, the Stevenage Oilers. To which I don't actually think there is any oil in Stevenage that's kind of like Edmonton or or Dallas but there you go so yeah so just, just looking through just kind of like your everyday NHL news or kind of similar to that um, so yeah as, as much as I said this is going to be a short show which is qu- quite difficult to say Three times on shot, 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 shot. Um, that's pretty much the end of this episode. So, 
thank you for allowing me to go back in time and take a look back at some of the headlines that were making the British ice hockey pages at that time in 1997. So hopefully, the next episode, I'll have more to talk about. And I may even have a couple of friends on then. Um, but for now, thank you very much for taking the time out to listen. It's very much appreciated, considering I have no idea if anyone actually listens. Uh, but if you do... Again, thank you very much for listening. It's appreciated. Uh, any feedback? <laughs> I don't know why I laughed, but if you have any feedback, like things you'd like me to try and cover at least, uh, I will try and make my damnedest to do. Um, so, final kind of bits, I suppose. Any news? Uh, it's past week. You had the British Para Ice Hockey League Awards for the 2019 season. And it's a clean sweep for the men from Manchester. Or Widnes or Altrincham, depending where we, we decide to play. Uh, and that was with Cal Nicholson taking the forward of the year. In defence was a joint win with Graham Wilson and our Canadian import, Peggy Asink, taking the spoils, or sharing the spoils. And our netminder, our crazy so-and-so, and Darren Pomfret, he took the netminder of the year. And completing the route was that of head coach Pete Hagen, to which I may try and see if I can get him on for the next episode, but... They'll probably say no, but I've still got some of his Czech Republic chocolates, so it's a way to bribe him. But as I said, thank you once again for listening to the show. It's appreciated. So anything you want to leave in the way of feedback or what you'd like to me to try and cover at least, um, I will look into it. I'll put it that way. But uh, thank you for listening and hopefully you'll be back for episode two but for now enjoy your hockey whether it's online or or playing nhl 20 but whatever you're doing have a safe and enjoyable time in these testing periods um and as Rachel Ballinger says, stay awesome, possums. Okay. Let's go out and play some hockey.